0: was about it. Now that the war was over and the looting of Baghdad and Basra had calmed down a bit, SARS was really grabbing the headlines. Fuck knows why. I'd read in Newsweek that other forms of pneumonia killed more than 40,000 a year in the USA alone. Malaria nearly three million worldwide and tuberculosis about the same. Not to mention the 1,500 who died each year in the UK falling downstairs. But every cloud has a silver lining. That was how we'd come by the holiday so quickly and cheaply. It was the first time we'd been together longer than a night. Our jobs got in the way, but we were working on that. Well, that was the cover story anyway. The flat in Shepherd's Bush really existed, and so did the two women who lived there. It was her CA, cover address. The travel agents would vouch for Susie. The market was petering out and we got to where we wanted to be. Our rented Suzuki 250 was parked where we'd left it, between the roadside cafe and the palace restaurant, which was just starting to get a few tourists for the evening. Maybe they were lured by the sign promising the magic of fine Indian and Western cuisine. The roadside calf suited us better. Opposite it, on the other side of the road, was the mosque, a solid brick and plaster building in the middle of the shantytown. Right now, though, I was more interested in the lone, old, white and rusty Toyota Light Ace people carrier that was parked on the hard, compacted mud alongside. It seemed all you needed to set up in the catering trade round here were some corrugated iron sheets, a few concrete slabs to cover the storm drains, and a couple of rusty bird cages filled with little green birds that couldn't be asked to sing. Susie and I pulled out plastic garden chairs and faced each other across a long, flower-patterned formica trestle table. As we sat down, someone inside the palace began to knock out Climb Every Mountain on an electric keyboard. A barefooted Indian girl appeared, and I asked for two orange juices. There was no need to ask Susie what she wanted. We'd both been drinking gallons of the stuff since we'd arrived. The smell of kebabs from a street stall fought its way through the diesel fumes and the stench of the drains as the English commentary blared from a TV set fixed on a bracket above our heads. Leeds United were playing someone or other, and a few British lads a couple of tables along were up for it. Susie was still in catering-call mode. Yeah, AWOL. But you know what? The strange thing is... Until the day he died, he'd sit in his chair and bang on about why they should bring back National Service to sort out the jobs. She dumped her hemp beach bag on the table and fished out a purple disposable lighter, a fresh pack of duty-free Bensons and a guidebook to Penang. I looked around me as she lit up and started to flick through her book. A group of middle-aged Germans with shiny red faces wandered past, all dressed up for a night out. They reeked of scent and aftershave and looked far too hot for their own good. Coming the other way were half a dozen twenty-somethings in faded T-shirts and shorts with Australian flags on their backpacks. One had an arm in plaster. Hiring a scooter was a big adventure until the rain got between the rubber and the tarmac and we'd seen a constant stream of people coming back to the hotel with skin needing to be repaired. The gold pack and purple disposable went back into the bag, and Susie blew a cloud of smoke in my direction. She sat back in her chair and grinned. Oh, stop whining. I have to pay for this stuff. You're getting nicotine for free. Besides, you're going to feel really stupid when you're lying in hospital dying of nothing. She studied my face for a reaction, still smiling, her hand held high with the cigarette between her two fingers facing me. She soon realised she wasn't going to get one, so I went back to thumbing through her guide. As I shifted to look up at the television, I felt the small of my back sticking to the chair through my T-shirt. My gaze wandered to the mosque. Set back about thirty or forty metres from the road, it was a one-level building, with a blue roof, a white muezzin tower with loudspeakers, and a couple of corrugated carports. It was definitely a working man's mosque. Just down the street was a Buddhist temple, and Hare Krishna was ready to bang a few cymbals only ten minutes further along. I'd worked in Malaysia before, during my time with the regiment, and I knew it was one of the few places on earth where Buddha, Allah, Harry, and even Jesus could go out for the night and not have a fight. Earlier today I'd seen Australian mothers on the beach in tiny bikinis shoving chips into their children's...